capture images a boy a man until it's done and seven years combined is just the flicker of a neon sign little negatives of hopes refined until Howdy, hobos. You are listening to the Hobo Safe Camp Virtual Campfire on Open Lines Radio. Uh, be sure to check out me, your camp host, Mark. I'm on Instagram at tincan.telephone. And today's guest, today's guest is Kayla Jirossi, or Jirossi. One of those two is right, I'm sure. Um, she is a Reiki master and just a all-around cool person. And I think you're really going to love this conversation we had. Be sure to check her out on Instagram. She is at golden underscore light underscore healing and if you uh if what you hear today resonates be sure to go follow her and let her know i think the guests of this uh podcast like to hear from you so reach out tell them that what they said meant something um be sure to check out open lines radio on instagram at open lines radio and uh open lines radio hey we have a website we're online it's www.openlinesradio.com um from there you can there's links to all your favorite podcasts, apps, as well as all the episodes, as well as ways to donate. So check it out. It's pretty cool. Also, there's a Hobo Safe Camp podcast Instagram at Hobo Safe Camp. So check out all of those. You will never go wrong. All right. Let's just jump right to this. We're going to talk to Kayla. Um, so all of you out there, pick up that tin can telephone. You know the one, the one that connects us all, the one that we're able to put up to our ear and hear each other and speak each other's language. It's a really cool thing. All right, Kayla, ramble on. I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all along. I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all along. Ain't got no one to love me. No place to call my home. So, um, let's see here. About a little over two years ago now, I received my Reiki certification. And um, in uh, Reiki training, you get practice uh, giving Reiki to your instructor. And then in exchange, your instructor will um, do a session for you. And one of the first things that she mentioned as she entered my crown chakra was, oh, 
you have the golden light. <laughs> um, and I know that that is linked to uh, Archangel Gabriel, who is the messenger. And I really resonated with that because um, our, the messenger just brings the word of God to earth and he's here to help awaken humanity. So that's uh, where the name came from. You kind of you you have, you feel a, a kinship to that where I, where you're the messenger. Yes, I get I that. Do. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. What uh, what was going on in your so you you got you went in you decided to get your Reiki certification. What was going on at, in your life at that point that <laughs> led you to that? Oh, that's a good story. Um, <laughs> okay, so let me try to think of uh, where exactly to start with that. Um, so at the time, I was in a relationship with somebody, and we were together for about two years. And at the very beginning of our relationship, in fact, the super beginning, our very first date, was um, us splitting five tabs of LSD together. Okay. <laughs> and um, I don't know if that's a good way or a bad way to start it. I thought it was a great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm also divided after um, experiencing what happened after, but um, during it was just absolute transparency. So that's that's really what I wanted in a okay. relationship. That's why I thought it was a good I gotcha. idea. I got you. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, we ended up completely leaving our bodies, and I came to this big void. Like, it, it wasn't like a negative void in any way. It was just a big, black, spherical room. And in the middle of it was a Rubik's Cube of cubes, and I would um, just kind of fly into one of the cubes, and it would bring me to this whole new scene. Um, it was kind of like a like a park, but the park was spiraling up this big tree, and it was this uh, pathway with like even you know park benches and everything. But as I went into the first cube, um, it was dilapidated, and I, I realized that each one uh, each one of these spaces was an aspect of you know, probably his soul tree or his personality because a, a different topic would come up and there was negativity associated with it. And I recognized that it needed to be healed. So in that state, you're basically incapacitated physically. So you can't speak out loud, right. can hardly speak. So um, all I could do and all I knew what to do was to summon all of my love and raise my vibration as high as I possibly could and send it to the part that needed to be healed. And simultaneously, um, when I did that, the path would become beautiful and alive again, and I would zap out of that cube back into the void and just keep going um, into each next cube, healing each step along the way. Cube by cube. Cube by cube, <laughs> yeah. And um, that was really the the original eye-opener for me. I felt like I stumbled upon some ancient practice that had happened because it felt so divine, so natural, 
Um, I didn't feel that I was the first person to ever do that. So I tried to do a lot of research and um, it's really hard. Like when you don't know people that have had experiences like that, you don't really know any, um, you know, leaders in the spiritual community. Um, so I just jumbled together as many keywords as I could into Google and I did that for a while. And um, eventually, of course, we wanted to continue um, attempting to get to that state. And eventually it catalyzed schizophrenia in my partner. Yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to. And now um, I've learned, absolutely, I've learned a serious (laughs) lesson. Um, So, yeah, eventually that led to his deep depression leading to uh, attempted suicides and um, visits to the behavioral health center, la la la. So eventually um, he chose to just move to the next state over and live with his family because he felt he needed the foundation of his Southern Baptist family. So needless to say, I was absolutely heartbroken and he was not the first relationship I ever had that was based on uh, me wanting to heal the other. Um, Sometimes they wouldn't even like accept the healing. So at that point, um, it was a very, very dark time. I just decided that my innate healing energy, um, who I am, I, I wanted that to be for everybody, for all who were willing to come to me for it, the people that needed it, instead of me trying to force healing on people that weren't willing to. Yeah, yeah. It seems like, or you, needed, it seems like you needed some focus, too, of, of where to put your healing energy mm-hmm. in, yeah, in and where I it will be accepted. A, absolutely. And I wanted a method, like I I wanted a tried and true method where I could, you know, learn from somebody, um, have um, like each step and just have it be kind of a foundation for um, for healing. So eventually um, I came across, what was it? There was a tantric healing, pranic healing and Reiki. Those were the three main ones that I came across online um, with my keywords in Google. And um, I didn't feel that tantric healing was a very appropriate modality with uh, strangers. So um, I kind of saved that one for the back burner and then pranic healing. I know, or I think is more so for um, personal healing. So I just decided to go with Reiki and I found a Reiki master in my, um, in my town and I just went all in. Now, before you um, went on this, big LSD trip where have you have you always been like like you said before you had you had uh, relationships in the past that you were trying to heal is that just kind of who you are or was there a point in your life where like that triggered or is that just kind of how you've always been um I've my parents told me I've always been very loving um but I want to say what triggered uh me applying that to relationships was probably their divorce. I always, um, I guess, kind of blamed them in a way like, why couldn't you just try harder? Why couldn't you just love each other more? So I think that really, um, that really made me want to make all of my relationships work no matter what. Like, doesn't matter what it was, like I was all in. And 
Um, yeah, it, it, that kind of got me into trouble on multiple occasions, and it always um, made me choose people that uh, needed healing really badly. It's and, almost like you were trying to heal your parents through your relationships. Probably, yeah. <laughs> that's fun. That's crazy. That's that's so. So, how old were you then at that point when your parents got divorced? I was at the tender age of fourteen. Fourteen, okay. I was I was twelve, so <laughs> I'm I'm feeling you. I know I see where you're coming from. Yeah, it's a tough time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's that's the time where you kind of need guidance the most, and they're kind of dealing with their own shit, you know. And and not right? able to even it's not even the fact that they're getting divorced. It's just that they're not able to focus on much else because it is such a traumatic thing that th when you're a kid, you don't realize that they're going through this traumatic thing themselves and that your parents are human. You know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's why that's the ultimate disenchantment. Us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so let's flash forward back to you get the Reiki certification and, and now what you, you are now, are you finding people that, that start coming to you? Cause You've opened up a channel, maybe? Yeah, so um, the first couple of months after I got uh, my Reiki 2 certification, um, I did a whole lot of, not networking, I did a lot of, um, oh gosh, what do you call it? See, this just shows like how, how good I am at this. <laughs> uh, what's it called? Not advertising, but like... Uh, marketing. Marketing, marketing, yeah. thank you, yeah. So, yeah, I... I tried really hard like doing all of, like the the Instagram and the ads and like the coupons and the discounts and you know just trying to get as many people in as possible um, doing it for free for people for in exchange for reviews and um, I I had a pretty good streak um, for a while um, I and now I I just don't I don't have the energy to market myself it feels um, not phony, but I don't, it's very like ego driven. Yeah. It feels like it's hard to market without it being, um, you know, egoic. So right. <laughs> I've kind of just allowed, um, the people that I have done sessions for in the past. And most of my, most of my current clients are people that I saw within like the first two or three months. Um, those are the people that reach out to me, um, when they're, you know, having an especially hard time or whatever, like, can I come see you? Yes, absolutely. Hey, my, my mom really, is having a rough time. Like, can like, we set something up for her? So now I've just kind of, um, I have a hands-off approach to, and it feels a lot better because people, um, when people seek me out, then I know that they're like really needing something instead of me convincing that convincing them that they need Reiki, which I do believe everybody could use Reiki. It's extremely beneficial. Um, but yeah, that chase is not for me. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that it, it seems like, uh, a couple of years ago, um, there were a lot of people that were just kind of like realizing like the the power of of their own energy and and jumping in and mm -hmm. wanting to to just share it and and look and like like you say like advertising and looking for clients and then it almost became like it's it's the same thing with everything that's good. So many negative people enter the waters that are just like mm. sucking that aren't aren't really doing it for the best interest of community you know 
and then that kind yeah. of ruins it for everybody. And then it's like, oh, it takes, it's going to take so much energy just to, you know, and money to market that you're not, it's not even why you're doing it. So like it sucks. You're just trying to reach people, but it just, it just sucks the, the amount of effort that goes into reaching people. Yeah. It kind of makes it seem phony when, um, people are, well, a lot of people do it like for the money specifically. Right. Like they, they learned like this specific template that they can adhere to and, um, gain people's trust. And just, I, I mean, I haven't received many healings from, um, from people, let alone people like that. So I don't know if I can really say for sure that it's, you know, totally for money, but it, it does feel very, um, decorated and very capitalistic in a way. Yeah. yeah well, I, I have, so you're talking to a guy who is somewhat of a skeptic when it comes to Reiki, mostly because of just the people that I've come into contact that, you know, call themselves, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't know. I'm trying to keep this positive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe there are people out there that are doing it for the right reasons. And it sounds like you are. Um, so t- talk to a skeptic. I, 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 I have a problem with, uh, I'm kind of like you, probably the same reason you didn't want to go into, to tantric is I have a problem with personal space, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and so t- how can, how can Reiki help someone like me who is kind of like, I want to believe, but so far it, it feels like the, the people that the people I've come into contact have mostly wanted to suck my energy rather than heal my energy. Does that make sense? Sort of. How do you feel like they're sucking your energy? I just, it, it feels like, and it's just been, the, and it hasn't been a lot. There's been like three people that I've actually done like Reiki had received like Reiki healings from. And so I'm mm-hmm. basing it on a very small portion of the population, but it, it, it did, it seem like it was more about how do I make, first of all, let me get your money, which I, <laughs> which I agree with. I mean, you're exchanging your time. I, I do readings for money. I, I completely understand that part. Mm-hmm. But then the, the part that follows just seemed like it was mostly th- through the, through the experience of them talking. Oh, uh, really? And, and not stop talking. Like I've, I've had like three Reiki sessions from three different people and as i'm sitting there or laying there they're they don't stop talking <laughs> is that interesting about themselves and you know what i mean so i don't know maybe it's just the 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 la scene where i've experienced this but mm. um i don't know that's just it's just kind of left a i wouldn't say a bad taste it's just it's just not for me i guess is what it, what it is like i just haven't ever felt any sort of healing after a reiki session Okay, I hear you. Yeah, I, and that's actually the culture that I was um, talking about. Like when uh, they they use like the energy healing as a way to decorate their ego. Yes. Um, so okay, that's interesting that they are talking the entire time because I I speaking from personal experience. If if I'm speaking, I'm I can't hear as well. Like I'm not listening when I'm speaking, and listening is something that like absolutely paramount when you're doing energy work because it's a very intuitive process you cannot have any distractions um i I can see uh making a comment here and there like if you 
um, if you notice something, you know, in a certain energy center, you're like, oh, like, I'm noticing there's like a blockage here. Does that strike a chord? Like, how do you how do you feel right now? Like, just um, yeah, it's, it, it's got to be about the person on the table because um, and so even if you just compare Reiki just to massage therapy in the sense that it's very relaxing and therapeutic, um, a lot of people don't like to converse with the therapist right, while they're right. getting a massage. It's their exactly. time. They, you know, are there to relax and be healed and they're not there to hear about your pursuits or whatever else um, those people are talking about during their sessions. I, I think I just maybe need to go get a Midwest Reiki set. <laughs> maybe. I, I I don't know. I, if, where it's more grounded, maybe. People are maybe a little more grounded than, than out here. I could see that. And I, I don't, I haven't spent much time and I don't know many people from that area, but that sounds like that could very well be it. And if possible, um, go as, go as far away from <laughs> the city as possible, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps so, even another country. <laughs> when you're when you're doing a, a Reiki session, what are you experiencing? What are, are you are, are you what are you feeling? Um, like what does it feel like when you come across like a blockage? Like what what signals do you receive? Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, it can be a couple different feelings. So when uh, the Reiki is is flowing very well. I, I feel it coming in through the top of my head and down my arms and out through my hands. Um, it's like a kind of like a warmth or like a whooshing feeling. And when I when I come across a blockage, um, it feels like a dark cloud in a way. Like it feels like a hiccup or it feels like that flow is just not not flowing as it should. Um, it feels like there's like a wall there. Um, and sometimes I will just like feel it in my heart. Like it feels, oh, like there's something here. Like I, cause when I'm, uh, working on channeling the Reiki, I maintain a very loving vibration. Like that's the best way to connect to Reiki energy. You just, um, exude love and you share that loving energy and um it's very easy uh to notice a change in that vibration or or like a non non-acceptance of of that vibration yeah yeah i, I like that and 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 we're and i'm not saying that you're like this i'm not saying and i'm not saying all reiki practitioners are like this like what my experience in fact i know some people who i think are who i like yourself, who I really feel are doing it um, as their calling, um, but I've just never had sessions from them. You know, there are people who are spread across that aren't local. Mm -hmm. um, but, but that's I think that that's probably something you felt your whole life. You just didn't know how to what it what it was until you had that training. Would you agree? Yeah. 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 But. Mm -hmm. How has, uh, so, so what about, so, so a past breakup is kind of what 
led you to this. Now what? Now now that you've had it, now what? How how are your relationships better? <laughs> um, I truly believe that uh, having that shift in perspective on um, you know, how to express that love as soon as I made that choice, I believe that made me an energetic match for my soulmate. Um, shortly after I learned Reiki, um, I reconnected. I actually, there was never even a connection. So this person that I'm with now, um, we went to junior high and high school together. I always admired him from afar, but I was in a relationship for five years in high school and I didn't talk to many people besides my partner. So, um, we never talked, but just randomly one day he just waved hello to me on Facebook and we started having like six conversations at once with like, you know, novels of responses and, um, that it really embodies that, uh, transparent loving nature that I always sought out and it just came so naturally. And we've been together for almost two years now and, um, we, really have no problems with each other of course we have um problems in our own lives and sometimes the uh um the fallout of those emotions land on each other but we know exactly how to get each other back to center and um it's really this might actually open up a new path for me because it it absolutely breaks my heart when I see my peers in toxic relationships and it's almost frustrating because now, like now I understand what a healthy relationship should be. And I just want to shake my friends and like, you do not have to subject yourself to this. You know, it can be so much better. You just have to, I don't know. It's personal for each person. So I guess you just have to find yourself and find yourself worth, love yourself enough to know that you deserve better than, being trampled on your relationship should be your sanctuary right right and would you say that that maybe uh the reiki training um has has gotten you to be aware of what he needs healed rather than what you think he needs healed like maybe like like it's, it's more of an open process where like he's wanting to be healed where before you were trying to like heal these these people and they didn't necessarily want it and so you were getting frustrated because it wasn't taking is it just more open mm -hmm. would you would you say i would say it's more like he um doesn't need me to he heals you heal. back or he you heal each other yeah yeah exactly it's it's an equilibrium and um he's really able to um like think critically about his emotions and all of that. And he, he heals himself as much as I heal myself. And then he heals me as much as I heal him. That's great. That's awesome. Yes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge relief. It seems like people just get stuck in, in cycles where it's like one after another. And like, like you were in it for a while and it's like, it's just, mm -hmm. it's sad to see people not figure out how to, and, and I was too, like how to, a whole history that the things you're saying are just like <laughs> like sending off uh, opening up memories but um but then you find that that thing and i don't know if it's 
in the person or if it's in both of you or like where where you mature like maybe at your heart or something where like suddenly you're just like oh i don't have to fix you mm-hmm. um and, and i don't know i don't know maybe if you went if you took that approach with some of the past relationships it still wouldn't have worked because they needed fixing anyway. <laughs> you know, those weren't ready to admit it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying yeah. to figure out the, uh, how, how do you tell people how to make it, how to ha- how it works? It's like so hard. It just feels like it's so random when it happens. I know. They, they say that, um, like married couples that have, you know, been together for decades, like they, they just, they knew, like when, when they met each other, they like recognized, oh, like this is the person, holy cow. Um, sometimes even they recognize them from a past life. If you believe in that, um, like you made another contract, like, Oh, that was, that was really nice. Let's do that again. Except, um, except we'll learn different lessons along the way, or maybe I'll be you and you'll be me or, you know, um, I, I do believe those kinds of connections are divine, but people who are caught in that cycle, um, gosh, it's so hard because it's so, it's so personal to the individual. But, um, I think what, what it really takes is, um, centering yourself so you, um, can observe your own behaviors. You can observe your own emotions, your own traumas. And, um, that, at that point where you can heal them enough so that you stop projecting your own traumas on the other person. Right. Right. And, and, you know, too, also, like, some you, we have to go through some of those traumatic experiences. Uh, like, when, when I, I was married for several years, had children, and got divorced, and to me, it was the end of the world. Like, didn't, I couldn't imagine anything worse. And then, you know, two years later, I meet this, the, the person I'm with now. And it was like, I never, we never, there, there were no circumstances ever that were going to make it that we met each other and were together other than the circumstances we both went through where we both thought the world had ended, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, Oh wait, without all that happening, we never would have met and we wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to create this beautiful world, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 it's hard to get to, for, to talk to people who are going through it and, and, and let them know that like this is really happening for a reason, you know? Right. Like you are exactly where you're supposed to be at all times. Right. And, just, and, and learning lessons for the next phase. It's just, the problem is, is when you don't learn the lessons and you just keep, and, and that's when the cycle continues, I guess you don't, you don't learn the lesson of the cycle. Of exactly. The that's cool. <clears throat> so, what else? What else? What else is uh? What, what else? You're, you're not you're not all Reiki, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm a lot of things, which kind of makes things difficult because time exists. Um, <laughs> so I guess right now, what I'm taking a break from today is my homework. I'm a horticulture student. And um, I went to school for horticulture because one day I was contemplating whether or not I wanted to have children. And um, my first reaction was like, no, not in this world, not at all. Um, So then I kind of bargained with myself a little bit. I was like, okay, well, how, you know, how, what would be the ideal condition? And 
it just came to me that, oh, maybe I'll just create my own world, which for me translates to um, building and residing in an eco-village community type situation where um, all the food that we eat, we grow, um, we're self-sustaining, regenerating the earth. Um, I don't, I would want it to be a smaller community, like not like so tiny, but like maybe at most a hundred people or something like that. I, I believe that, um, I believe that humans would be better off, um, enjoying connections in smaller communities, like interconnected smaller communities. Um, and it kind of would allow me a little bit more control of the, the kind of environment that my children would grow up in. Um, so that, that's what really inspired me to go back to school. I originally went for psychology, uh, when I was 18 and I flunked out pretty quick because my focus was not school at the time. Right. But once I really found like my, my purpose and my, my passion, um, I, I really, really believe I'm also here to help heal the earth, like the earth and the people on it. And so, um, that, yeah, that, that really put a fire under it to go back to school and it's, um, it's almost done. I'm, I'm almost nice, graduated. Nice. Well, I guess the Reiki training comes into that too. If you're, you put that into, to healing the earth. It's yeah. not just for people. It's probably a, a, a much more noble place to put your energy than in the people. <laughs> um, that's cool. I didn't know that. I, we should have led with that. <laughs> so tell me more <laughs> about this community. Um, oh. cause I'm really, I'm, a, I'm, I'm really encouraged by um kind of the the younger generation who is much more um environmentally active i should say like you know i i'm from the 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 generation x where we're we're aware we're we're aware of the what's going on in the environment we're just not doing anything about it and i'm really yeah. encouraged by younger people who are um actually doing something about it Oh, well, that's good to hear. Um, Mostly because you have to. Otherwise, there's not going to be a planet. Yeah. Yeah, there's no planet B, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> as far as we know. Um, I don't really want to go live in a, in a bubble on the moon. You know? No, it might be fun for like a little bit, but not as like a permanent residence. Not, not for centuries. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's see here. About the eco-village, I, I want... Okay, so... Because I have so many interests, like I, I have like lifetime ADD in a way, like my, my interests change so much I, and nothing sounds more soul sucking than um, 40 hours a week at the same job. Like I, I can't, there's no way. So um, I want to try to combine as many different um, aspects of who I am into one big practice. So the eco village will also double as a healing retreat. Um, and I also... This is kind of like a like a newer idea of mine. I I think it'd be really cool to um, conserve the um, what's it called psychotria. Like it's the one of one of the plants that they um, they grow for the ayahuasca brew. So chacruna and then something else. Like I would like to uh, grow plant medicine um, while um, not enhancing, but giving reiki to the plant every step of the way. 
and then administering that plant medicine and then giving Reiki every step of the way there too. That's awesome. I don't, I don't know. You're probably not aware of this. The original, um, thought behind hobo safe camp was just that kind of a, uh, not so much of a, a community, but more of a, a retreat space, but it would be self-sufficient, um, with, you know, it's plant medicine and, and, and it would be for more for people, more for people who couldn't afford retreats to come to retreats was my original intent. Now it's just turned into a podcast, but it was much more manageable. But, um, we originally started out like, I don't know how many years it's been. It's been three years or so where maybe more, um, four years, 2015. Wow. Where hmm. the original thing, and I had a GoFundMe and everything. We were trying to create this thing. I even have a space. I just, <laughs> I just gave up on, for some reason, um, I'm, I'm like you, I have a hard time with the marketing aspect of it and, and, and pushing it that way. It just feels so mm-hmm. ego driven. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Uh, so it makes me think, uh, Hobo Safe Camp, the name makes me think of this other idea. Cause so one of like the main principles of eco villages is, um, building, uh, earth ships. So earth ships are sustainable homes, um, that are built from recycled materials. So I think it would be really cool to, um, like in addition to the eco village, cause so right now I'm doing landscape design in school. So it'd be really fun to, you know, gather recycled materials. Cause you can really make a luxury home out of recycled materials. Like the walls have like recycled tires in them, but like on the top, like the surface is like adobe or something right. like that. You know, right. it's like it's, it's a sound structure. It's warm. Um, and it's a roof over, you know, the homeless population's heads. So it'd be cool to like make a bunch of smaller communities, like, I don't know, maybe eight to 10 different earth ships that are perfectly sustainable and then um, teach the homeless to garden and grow their own food so that they can have their own little safe community. Yeah. Yeah. The, the problem is there's so much, um, mental so many mental health issues among the homeless population that something like that might help or you're also able to provide some sort of you know healing therapy as they're they're doing it you know and and i'm not everybody but there's a lot there's a lot of a lot of mental illness in the in the homeless community so Mm -hmm. being able to address giving them a home and you know some some healing and, and, and overcoming past traumas to move forward is an awesome idea. Yeah. Like the, the shelter would be the base of the hierarchy of needs. Then they would have, um, what is it like, uh, belonging is the next one, I believe. So like you could really, uh, check off all of the boxes with something like that. Something tells me the government will find a way to never let it happen, though. I don't know <laughs> why. I don't know why they stand in the way of things that are good with rules and regulations, but it always seems I to be the I have my case. theories. <laughs> <laughs> like population control. Like if we've seen such, I was actually looking at a um, at a chart recently about like the um, percentage of population increase. Um, of global population increase 
it's staggering. There's a lot of people on this planet. And um, as we've observed over these past few decades, it's not sustainable. So I, I wonder if um, somebody, somebody in like the, I don't know, what do you call it? The high society? Not that, but somebody's got a plan to decrease the human population and maybe it's for the better but that's not, not to say that these people don't have a place on earth i think it would be better to just you know make our practices more sustainable so that we could all uh, live happily yeah. on this planet yeah it's funny there's just this 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 pushback against sustainability it's weird <laughs> like, like i was at i was i was at a, a little cafe having a lunch last week and out here in San Diego County they uh, of California, they've kind of banned plastic straws. Mm -hmm. um, not They haven't banned them, banned them, but they won't just bring you one. You have to ask for a straw. It doesn't come automatic. Right. And the, I, don't, this, I don't know if this business owner, he was not from this country. He was like Eastern or uh, European or something. But he, I don't know if he just misunderstood it or if he just used it as an, an excuse to suddenly save money on straws. But these two older women were like asking for a straw and he was saying, I was just overhearing this, you know, they were sitting right behind me. And he goes, no, they, we, they, they've banned straws. It's illegal for me to have a straw in here. <laughs> and, she's like, <laughs> and she's like, well, can I bring my own straw? It's just ridiculous, these things they do. And it's like, you guys destroyed this planet. Like we have to do these things now. There's so much plastic in the landfills. I know they like to they like to paint it as like save the turtles the turtle these turtles are choking on straws but even take that out of the picture the plastic in the landfills that mm -hmm. decomposes like it takes a long time to decompose but as it's doing it chemicals are going into the groundwater you know exactly and like why why are why why not why fight that like why are you arguing against that it doesn't make any sense. I know. So I'm I'm also a server in a restaurant. So I get I get asked that a lot. I don't I don't put a, I don't automatically put a straw in a glass. Um, people have to ask me for a straw, um, and I it it can change my mood pretty quick when I'm you know just kind of like going through the motions. Oh, here's your water. Oh, can I get a straw? I'm like, mm, sure, you got it. And um, where was I going with that? Um, well, another thought that I have is uh, there's a lot of microplastics um, and like a lot of the products that we use that you can't like clean up exactly. So like straws, yeah, are like they're complete. Oh, that's what it was. I was going to say straws are completely unnecessary. Like, do you order a straw to drink your beer? No. <laughs> so it's not a it's not a sanitation problem. Like you just you want to suck on something. <laughs> right, right. Right. And see, the straw thing has, isn't been an issue for me because I haven't, I, I never, even when they bring me a straw and a drink, I usually just take the straw out just because where I grew up, it was not very manly to drink out of a straw, you know? So, oh, so I just never, like, I never drink it. I mean, I do like at a drive-thru if I'm in my car, but like when I go to a restaurant, I'll usually take the straw out and then I just feel bad that now there's a straw sitting on the table. But, <laughs> so it hasn't been a thing for me. So, but maybe there are people where that's like a thing where like taking that pacifier away from them or something. Yeah, potentially. I've noticed um, like the main demographic, it ev I, almost every single time, I want to say like 90% of the time, the people that ask for a straw 
are um, women from 45 to to 85, like yeah. the older older women. Karens, Karens <laughs> ask for a straw. <laughs> they do. Uh, but I, I've seen really cool uh, contraptions recently where, like, you could take a plastic bottle and it will, um, like, you you turn a crank and it shreds the plastic bottle into a thread or even just like a ribbon, really, and you can use the ribbon for all kinds of things. Like the example in the ad that I saw was um, they like looped it several times between um, a hitch and another car, and they were able to like tow a car <laughs> with with the recycled plastic ribbon. And they're like, you can even that you can even build uh, eco villages, not eco villages, the earth ships. Um, there's a ton of really cool pictures out there of really colorful homes. And it's just, um, it's recycled soda bottles, um, with cement in between. And like the light comes in and it like turns the whole house into a rainbow. It's so cool. There's so many different things that we could do with plastic that we're not doing enough of. Right. I even, I was wondering too, could like melt down plastic and throw it into a 3D printer and you could make anything with a 3D printer pretty much. So like, why not bricks? Like build, build a, a structure with plastic like it it can be really dense and it could be pretty much good enough <laughs> for right. anything right that's interesting or fences um that's i think uh like there's composite fences where it's half wood and half plastic yeah yeah and like decking material and stuff like that i've seen that yeah mm-hmm. yeah there's there's but you know most most people are are pretty careless with their plastic and it's hard to there's plastic in everything even if you go to the store and buy a pre-made salad you know how much plastic yeah. is in that yeah. salad it's got a plastic container it's got a plastic top that you pull off it comes with a plastic fork that's wrapped mm-hmm. in a plastic <laughs> sleeve you know it's absurd yeah and then if you have toppings for the salad there's like this whole plastic plate with yeah. like the different <laughs> yep. dips and yeah. Yeah. So much plastic. It's just crazy how much plastic goes into. You don't even. If if people will just stop and look at the things they're buying and how much plastic is used, it's insane. I have hope though. I think. Um, I think where you know our society is headed as a whole, be it like an absolute requirement, like for, as like a survival kind of thing, or just like the kinds of people that are. Um, inhabiting the earth now, like with this, you know, global awakening, I think, um, we're going to move away from that and then we'll become more sustainable. My, my dad always, uh, comments, like, I'm so jealous the kinds of things you're going to see in your lifetime. You, you will not believe your eyes. Like, they're going to be so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the things you've seen already in your lifetime are amazing. It's, crazy exist existence is so weird (laughs) like what do you think is happening what do you think is happening what is this what is this that we're doing what is life (laughs) i see it as a school a physical school to drop down and experience life as you know a human or experience life as a squirrel or you know something like that but like along the way i i do feel that we um we chose our path and we are just here to advance our souls. But what totally trips me out is um, 
uh, like the design of this reality. <laughs> like it, when I look at a tree, it, I, sometimes it feels like I'm seeing it for the first time. I'm like, that's really what a tree looks like. Oh, like man, the, trees trip me out so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it came from uh, an acid trip. The first yeah. time I noticed it, and it's like, what are these things that are reaching out of, gr- growing out of the ground and reaching for the sun? You know, mm-hmm. they're, it's they're alive. Yeah, and they are people yeah. too, I believe. Um, and uh, the best description I have for um, for nature is chaotic perfection, because you, like you've said on an acid trip. You can you can see something in that way and like there's really not much of a pattern to it like it, it's chaotic it but it's organic but it's perfect which is just mind blowing to me. Yeah, and then it wears off and you realize how dirty the world is. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like it's all one big clunk of dirt, soil rather. <laughs> I just thought of something that I'd never thought of before when you were talking about this being like a school and. Maybe maybe this this life is just or this is just to for our energy to learn humility because it mm. seems that that the the more humble a person is kind of like the close closer they I don't, I don't know they come to God I guess if, but only use God more of like just the whole you know yeah I could see that like somebody who um, like recognizing or somebody who recognizes just how small they are in the grand scheme of things. Like that's one of my favorite things to do, like is to contemplate outer space. But okay, here's, here's the cool thing though, is like we are infinitesimally small, but at the same time we are like absolutely enormous. I don't know like if we're like right in the middle or what, but like compared to an atom, like we're extremely complex and just amazing but compared to the entire universe we're just a speck yeah humans are yeah (laughs) yeah smaller than an atom is in our body to the Mm. entire universe we are you know madness (laughs) (laughs) and then what but then what what happens when you learn the lessons like where do you put that where do you put the i mean if you learn lessons don't you want to put that into practice somewhere like what I, guess. I think we do. That's probably what we're doing here. Like we've already learned <clears throat> lessons in another universe, probably not conquered that universe, but we mastered it. And so we're like, okay, like what, what, where's the next place that, that needs us? Let's go there. Yeah. Maybe that's it. You're right. Maybe that's it. It's like a, a, a roving band of fixers, <laughs> but, it take, <laughs> but it takes a long time. Because you got to learn, you got to relearn how to fix the thing every time. I don't know. So sometimes yeah. I wonder: is it even? Is there even any reason spending time thinking about what comes next when there's so much happening right now to focus on? Mm. Uh, so, of course, like the the person that's asking that question is is the ego. But beyond that, like time doesn't exist. Because like when you think about that. Um, as a human, like, wow, this is just going to take so long. Why am I thinking about that? But like our spirits, our divine selves, like are already there, like omnipresent. And, um, 
I think it's it's closer than we think, but it just it feels so much longer because we're in the third dimension. It's like it's like you're the the higher um your, your higher, higher self higher self is like looking yeah. down at your physical self, like going through these motions and like like thinking it's the end of the world and feeling all this pain and it's just smiling because it knows what's about to happen. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Because <laughs> it's already Absolutely. happening. Because it's always happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to grasp. <laughs> I I like to think of it like um like you know the the frames on um, a strip of film. Uh huh. Um, if like each one of those frames is a moment, then um layer every single f- layer on top of or every single frame on top of each other, and it's just one one frame one point it's like the the forever now yeah yeah Uh, everything happening at once yeah well it's it's too early in the morning (laughs) 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 to to blow my brain like this (laughs) this has been awesome this has been so cool um, I really enjoyed talking with you. I feel like Thank we you just so much for inviting surface, me. So. When the rambling days are over and the gambling days are through. When the rambling days are over and the gambling days are through. If you tell me that you love me, I'll be coming back to you.